1: it's the last stand podcast are you feeling run down do you need a natural way to boost your immune system the all-natural b1 patch from usa natural may be just what you're looking for professional athletes use it and you can too just peel and stick and within 30 minutes feel the natural boost of energy, stamina, and endurance. Visit buyb1.com and enter the code BC3 for a discount on every order. Wear what the pros wear, the all-natural B1 patch.
2: And here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is the Last Stand Podcast. I'm Brian Custer, where we're bringing you some of the biggest names in sports, uh, entertainment, and i tell you what. Our guest for this show doesn't get any bigger. He is an owner of one of the big professional sports leagues. He's an actor. In fact, one of his movies is celebrating their 25th anniversary. Uh, He's one of the dopest MCs ever to grace the mic. Also a Hall of Famer because his former rap group in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He is the one and only O'Shea Jackson. That's his government name. Y'all know him as Ice Cube. What's up, Cube? <laughs> What's
0: happening, man? You know, when I heard you say "O'Shea," and you know, I was looking, you know, for my son, he—he's he, carrying that name. I used to be able to slide by with Ice Cube, but now everybody know O'Shea Jackson Jr. So, you know, I got to—I got to. You know, either I'm looking for a check. Or I'm looking for my son. One or the other
2: absolutely man it's it's really good and i'm happy that you can join us hey hey first for foremost how's the lovely kimberly how's the family especially during this pandemic how are you guys doing
0: everybody cool you know everybody kicked back um you know we we kick back people out here anyway so you know it's just we're taking it all in stride um hanging you know getting a chance to to really you know, do a few things that we need to do around the house, you know, of course, but also getting a chance to just enjoy each other, you know, watching a lot of, you know, old sports and movies and, you know, just
2: hanging. What you binge watching these days?
0: Um, I'm not really, you know, I'm kind of off the binge watching, you know, I'm, I'm like poking. I'm looking at a lot of old fights. And I watched old Ali fight um you know old Tyson fights um uh, some old basketball games you know I, I looked at the, the the Jordan 63 point game versus Boston. so you know I've been I've been you know just checking out a lot of old history and it's been cool
2: and I asked uh, a number of guests that we've had, What's your, your favorite quarantine snack? If you like me, man, I just can't stay out of the pantry. What's your favorite quarantine snack? You gotta stay away from.
0: Oh man, I guess it would be peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know what <laughs> I mean? I gotta, I've been on them tough, like, like I'm an eight year old right now. Um, so I gotta kick back a little bit because I'm starting to double up and need, you know, one need two and two a day and three. And, and, you know, that that just can't be good. So, you know, i just been on the pb and J a little too heavy.
2: Now, listen, I, I see the shirt that you got on, and one of the things uh, you're doing are you're selling those shirts, uh, and especially for a really good cause. So talk to me about it. You know, let the people see that shirt, and tell us why you're selling them.
0: Well, you know, we all want to do our part to uh, help the, just the front line, you know, healthcare workers, everybody that's just putting their life on the line for us and um, and for the community. And so, you know, I wanted to do something where you give a little something, but you get something back, you know? So we start making these, you know, check yourself T-shirts. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you check yourself. I got the mask on, you know, before you wreck yourself. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of cool. You know, and it's all going to a good cause. All the proceeds going to the health care workers, you know, we're not, we're not keeping it down. We just want to make sure that people participate in the calls, but also, you know, get a little something. You know what I mean? Why not? So it's, it's like you give a little something, you get a little something, and everybody happy the health care workers win.
2: That's fantastic, man. I love that you're doing that. Um, you know, just recently – the president had this conference call with all of the leaders of professional sports uh, organizations. The Big Three was one of them, and in relation of trying to bring sports back, uh, what came of that call? And especially in light of the Big Three that was uh, scheduled is scheduled to come back June 20th. So where are we with that in the start of the season?
0: Well, my, my partner, Jeff Quintinence, was on the call. Uh, and, you know, he basically said that they were doing everything they could to bring sports about. You know, they, they was pushing, they was helping. Um, but, you know, with the federal government doing what they can, it's still in the hands of the governors, really, on when states come back, you know, what do they consider essential. Um, you know, starting June 20th, is really not realistic for us. You know, we had to, you know, cancel our our tryouts and combine um, to try to keep that schedule. So we've we pushed it back and postponed it now to July 11th. We also were supposed to play Memphis on June 20th. We were supposed to play New York, uh, the, the uh, tennis arena out there. We were supposed to play that and ended up You know, those got shut down. So, you know, we wasn't playing July 4th, so our first game back would have been July 11th. So hopefully we can start the season on July 11th. Um, But we still don't believe we can have a tryout and a combine this year. Um, So we're going to probably have guys, you know, hopefully submit workouts, submit, uh, you know, their last games, you know, their best, you know, their best moves, you know, cut it up, get it to us, get it to our uh, player captains and co-captains and coaches. So, you know, we, we, we're we making adjustments just like every other league. And, um, you know, every other league, you know, really have these, you know, major, um, you know, contracts to fall back on. You know, we're still in our fourth year. So we're still trying to really you know, make sure this league has a great foundation. So, you know, we want to be smart, make sure we can put on the best product. What's cool is we're talking to a network and hopefully we can make an announcement soon that we're trying to uh, do a a show, like a, a show sort of like Big Brother uh, but, you know, instead of game to advance, you would play basketball games to advance. So, we're, we're doing a combination. It's, it's, to me, it's a great show that will work, you know, if this was going on or not. You know, it's something we may do in the off season every year. But it's something that we're, you know, working to put together just some, you know, to get sports up and running as fast as we can, you know. But we still can't move faster than California wants to move. We still can't move faster than, you know, there's the equipment available to make sure everybody's safe, tested. So, you know, we still can't move faster than, you know, the government, so to speak. So, you know, we don't want to trip over ourselves and do anything that doesn't make sense for the league and doesn't help us grow. So right now we're postponed till July eleventh.
2: You you know, the one of the big the great things about the big three is that it's affordable. And that's why you always pack arenas uh, every week for the big three and you go from city to city because with this pandemic, now maybe there's some States that are maybe open, some that may not, some may have more restrictions. Then, you know, some leagues talking about playing without fans. Could, could you play the big three without fans? Is that, or do you, would you have to look into, you know, maybe we have to postpone or p- further further push Harvard league back until the fall or, or next season?
0: We want to play by ear. We want to do the, what's smart, you know, things are changing every day when it comes to how society is dealing with this pandemic. Um, it's something we, we have to consider, you know I mean? We have to look at all our options, uh, just to be responsible to all all our shareholders and everybody who, you know, is, is looking to us to, sorry, I keep hitting the table. Just keep shaking, but looking to us to advance, um, you know, this league and make sure that it continues to grow. So we're looking at all options. We don't want to be, you know, irresponsible. Uh, you know, we can play without fans. You know, that's not a problem. I think most of the time people have seen three on three games in their life has been without fans, it's been in backyards and playgrounds and. So people are used to seeing that kind of game played in an intimate setting. So, you know, we are considering doing all the games in one location, but, you know, like I said, we still can't move faster than the government, but we also have to make decisions in advance. So we're, you know, we're playing and we are just keeping our ear to the street. You know, like I said, Jeff was on the call with what's happening in Washington. You know, we're, we're checking what's happening in California or any other state that we may have to play. Um, so we're looking at all our options, man, and making sure that we can do it in a safe manner and making sure that it's still, you know, high level competition.
2: And, you know, a last question on that uh, before we move on is, I know we had talked with, let's say, Dusty Baker and we talked, he gave us, hey, if we're not playing baseball by this drop dead date, I don't think that we could have even a shortened season because guys need to get back into like a spring training before they just, you know, come back. Do you have a drop dead date where you say, look, if we don't have any resolution by mid July, then, you know, I think we have to look towards big three next season or big three in the winter or fall. Um,
0: I mean, yeah, we have, you know, we, it's a lot of, it's really a lot of uh, you know plate spinning here. You know, what I mean, it, it, it's a lot of moving parts. So, you know, we have to, you know, consult with our you know sponsors, consult with our partners, our league. We consult with our players, make sure they're ready to play and they want to play and they are in shape and they're, and they feel comfortable with it, that their body is going to respond. So. You know, we got to play it by ear. You know, we do have drop-dead dates where, you know, we're going to look and say, hey, you know, this thing is maybe better in the fall, maybe better in the winter. We also want to engage with the NBA doing, the NFL, college football. You know, we want to get in where we fit in. You know, we want to be an enhancement to the sports experience, not a disruption or interruption. So, um, you know, we just playing it by ear like every other league and hey you know the the major sports leagues don't really have a handle on this and you know we feel like you know we you know we're in better position to maneuver than they are so you know we we feel like we can play it by ear and still make a decision how to move the league forward
2: how long was big three in the making and what i mean by that was uh When you first had the idea, how long ago was that? And who was the first person you talked to and you said, yo, I know this may sound crazy, but I want to do this three-on-three professional basketball league. Um, We
0: had the idea, um, you know, it it had to be at the end of, you know, 2015. um, You know, we started to really think about like, how could this work? First person I told was my wife. Uh, she's my muse, you know what I mean? She, she gonna give it to me straight. She's gonna keep it 100,000, you know? So I always ran it by her. And, you know, after that, it was, you know, talking to, to my guy, Jeff, you know, me and him, we we're, we're fearless. You know what I'm saying? We we think like we the people to bring a good idea to the world and we can't wait on like, you know, the, the people who supposed to bring us all the good stuff. We can't wait on them. It's, it's up to us, you know. We we on a mission from God, so to speak. So <laughs> like so me and him, we we power argue. We he's a big basketball fan. Uh, he, he had an idea of doing, you know, a three-on-three tournament with the pros, but not a whole league. You know, it was in the back of our brain. So we started to, you know, just see what it would work, see what it would look like, see what a business model would feel like, uh, see if it could work, see if we can get, you know, some of the greatest minds and greatest players in basketball to, to be a part of it. Cause You know, if you you can't get Iceman and Dr. J and Rick Berry and Gary Payton, um, Rick Mahorn, you know, if you can't get them dudes to buy into it, maybe we shouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? But when you get some of the greatest basketball players, you know, the basketball gods, so to speak, to endorse what you're doing, then you feel like you're fighting a good fight and you want to continue, and you want to win, you know, for them. Because they, you know, they, you know, let's face it, they never got what they were supposed to get, you know, from the NBA. You know, even though they've got great careers, you know, they've got a lot of good highlights, they get invited to a lot of cool shit, you know, but at the end of the day, you know I mean, um, how much of that money do they really see? Yeah. So we want to try to create a league where, you know, hopefully – you know, if we ever, you know, God willing, get as big as the NBA, that these dudes will get a check every every week. You know what I'm saying? Coming from the big three. So Absolutely. that's how we want it. And, um, and, you know, hopefully we'll get there one day.
2: So, you know, uh, before he passed away, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant, you always talked about that was my guy. That was the guy who I was going after uh, uh, in relation to the big three. So... Who is that next guy now? Uh, he's, you know, Dwayne Wade's retired now. There's, you know, guys like Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Who's that next guy that, you know, I'm sure there's a number of guys you would love to see in the league, but there's it has got to be one guy you say, man, he's now my guy. I, I want to see him in the big three.
0: I mean, Dwayne Wade, like, you know, he looked like he's having too much fun, though, like with the retirement life. But, I mean, he's... To me like the biggest guy out there that you know still I feel like want to play um, or maybe not you know maybe I'm reading it wrong but you know it's Jamal Crawford like he would be a big uh, you know to me a big part of the league.
2: What about Paul
0: Nick Pierce? Nick? Paul don't want to play. He don't want to play. Huh? I don't think Paul want to play. <laughs> not in the league. You know, he, he I think he wants to he might consider playing in this um show we got that we are doing, you know, we calling it uh you know, it's my house. Um but he might want to do that, but I don't know if he wanna I don't know if he wanna go. I mean he making a lot of money. He got a nice fluffy job, you know, put on suits every day. I don't know if he want. I don't know if he wanna get in the funk again. <laughs> it's a lot
2: of fun in the big three.
0: You gotta be ready for that talk. Uh and,
2: and do you still see this reality uh basketball show before the big three season or would we get you know, would it come after? How do you see that playing out? Well it depends, you know, we're waiting to hear back from you know
0: the network that we believe that's you know, ready to, to buy the show. Um so you know everybody has their own issues to deal with you know so we want to move fast uh, we would love to have that show on in june um but the reality is we got to go with the schedule that's available um, tv you can't always just plug in you have to kind of schedule it so you have to find the right opening. so you never know what they they're planning or what they you know that the issues that they're dealing with so we just kind of in a you know a holding pattern hopefully next week we'll be able to make a big announcement and let everybody know what's going on with the big three with the show with the season and uh be able to be definite on a few things
2: um you know before we uh move to your other things that you're doing in your career you got to be proud of what the big three has become because you look at some of uh, the uniforms in the, un- in the NBA, they look like some of the uniforms from the Big Three. Uh, you go to the All-Star game, all of a sudden they adopt what the Big Three has always done. No time clock at the end. First team scores so many points, they win. Uh, it was It's so funny how when the league first started, maybe the league, NBA and others may look down on it. Now all of a sudden, they're adopting some of the things that you guys are doing. Now you're calling it Fireball Three or hey, look, you challenge calls and instead of challenge them, you can go one-on-one instead of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's a great way. I know a lot of people are excited about some of the things that the Big Three has done.
0: Yeah, you know, we wanted to enhance the basketball experience. We want to take everything that was great about uh, the NBA basketball experience and apply it to the Big Three and enhance it. Some of the things that we missed, you know, let people be themselves and have a personality and a little trash talk and never hurt anybody. Um, but also, you know, being able to make innovations to the game and make it a, uh, a, a, just a more pleasing aesthetic. Um, you know, we, we are, you know, we do have a background in entertainment. So, you know, we kind of know what moves the people, you know, we make sure our games are, Fly, you know, it's it's, kind of like a sexy place to be. A lot of entertainers come, a lot of NBA players, a lot of NBA coaches and um, affiliates around the game. Uh, We make it affordable. We make it a family atmosphere. You know, the game is very serious, but the atmosphere is very loose. You know, you might, you know, our guys might come sit in the stands you know, it's just one of those things where we're we're taking the best things and we're making a connection. And it's cool that the NBA is smart for them to make these, you know, you know, to to, to kind of pluck these little things. Because I mean, hey, we take it as flattery because we've plucked so many things from them. So it's only right that they get a few things from us. So it's cool. You know, we just want to be a part of that magic. Uh, that, that, that gives people more basketball, more sports, extend careers if we can, um, and just, you know, let guys in, hopefully, in a way they want to end their career and not just be, you know, kind of kicked out. So we're, we're doing everything now. With the fireball, we want to make sure we can do things that not that, that's not, you know, sacrilegious to the game. You know, we don't want to mess with basketball you know basketball is fine we want to create a new sport a new field that takes all the great things about basketball but also can innovate can can do things like you know the bring the fire rule that you're talking about where you know each half a coach can challenge a foul and say hey that wasn't no damn foul let them go one-on-one for the points or or not the points or whatever you know. I don't want him to go to the free throw line. So we want to do those things without people picking outside saying that's not basketball. You know, you can't do that. You know, let let them do what they do. We do what we do. We can coexist like like boxing and UFC. They coexist still, basically combat, uh, but the different rules. And, and different acceptance of what's a champion and what's a pro. Uh, so you know, it's uh, it's cool to be in this position. We still got still got a long way to go, you know. But with help from people like you, you know, you you always come with that in, in, in enthusiastic you know call of our sport. You call it like it's been around for fifty
2: years. Looking for the champion, Joe, for the win! Got it! He's no ordinary Joe! The triplets have won the Big Three Championship. Joe Johnson with 28 points. He's been the best player all season long. Lisa Leslie's been the best coach. The triplets are the best team in the league. Your 2019 Big three champions, you
0: know, you you respect the blood, sweat and tears that our sport gives you respect the competition, you know, Um, you know, you're one of the best things to happen to the big three, without a doubt, because, you know, people see you get that same respect to boxing. Any other sport that you happen to find yourself doing, you know, you do it to the highest level and you, you Coming with big three with that same, you know, spirit. And uh, we appreciate it.
2: Man, I appreciate that too, man. Uh, I really, I do. Cause I, I do, I love, I love doing it. I think it's a great idea what you de- you, you've done and you can see how much it has grown and why uh, so many people love it in just the short time that it's been here. Um, so now all of a sudden you also are big movie star and I, I heard that you were just finishing up basically a, a project. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a boxing kind of project. Tell me about the, the latest movie that's going to be starring Ice Cube.
0: Well, we didn't get We didn't finish it. We we just got started. We, uh, we was filming for about a week, uh, but it's, uh, the Clarissa Shields story. Um, you know, and she, you know, if you've been following her, she's a champ right now in boxing. She's been going back and forth with Leila. Lee. Yeah. 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 You know, so, it's it's a it's a great story about her, you know, coming up, her, uh, you know, really rising out of Flint, Michigan, and everybody knows Flint, Michigan is a tough place to, you know, get your feet footing on you. Um, so for her to become a gold medalist, you know, at seventeen years old, um, and then become a champion. Or actually win the gold medal twice.
2: Twice. Two you know, twice. Two. Only only American male or female to do that in boxing.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, help me, man. You sound struggling. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she uh she's you know just a tremendous American athlete and I play her uh her trainer, uh Jason Clutchfield. And uh he's a guy who, you know, boxed when he was young. Um, you know, he, he's out of, uh, out of, you know, Flint, Michigan. You know, he did his thing right there, at uh, Bernstein gym right there in Flint, Michigan. Um, and his career was cut short because he had to take care of his ailing grandmother and father, mm-hmm. and so he became a trainer and he does it, help the kids out. But he still, you know, is an you know, electrician for the city. You know, he's still going and, and working hard, you know, a hard 12-hour day, 10-hour day, but he come to the gym uh, and trained, and he trained a champion, you know, world champion, gold medalist, world champion. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's a great story, and I'm happy to, to be able to, you know, tell that story. You know, it's my first time playing a real person, so it's kind of cool
2: to be able to get it in. That's great. Uh, we're gonna look forward to that uh, here in the near future. So, twenty-five years ago, Friday dropped in theaters. Uh, w- when y'all finished that movie, um, uh, did you know you had something really big?
0: Well, not really. We didn't know we had something really big. We knew we had something really fun. You know, we knew we had something that the hood was gonna love. You know, I always said, you know, when I first did the movie, like, cool people going to get this movie. Everybody else might not even get it. And then I just never realized there was so many cool people in the world that wanted to get it, that <laughs> that it has experienced their version of Friday in their lifetime, you know? Right. They got crazy cousins and friends, and their neighborhood is a little off tilt. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, absolutely. Like, I met, you know, I knew that we was making something that was very relatable. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, people can all relate to Friday because it's the day the bully gets beat. You know, everybody loves the day the bully gets his ass kicked. So (laughs) it's kind of cool, you know, to create a movie around that day. Uh, but, But with all this other, you know, these, like, crazy distractions, you know what I mean? That's kinda, you know, it, it's just it's just the perfect way to pay homage to the to the neighborhood that I grew up in. Now, we did that movie because everybody had thought we did you know, we grew up in this hellhole. You know, everybody like in the in the eighties, nineties, South Central LA, Compton Watts, all you heard about was gang banging. All you heard about was that element. Um, The movies that was done, you know, from Boys in the Hood, Minutes to Society. It was a movie called South Central. I mean, every, every chance they got, you know, colors, you know, it was like every chance they got, it was like, this is the worst place in the world to live. But we was like, damn, was it? Like. Why we didn't see it kind of that way. Right. Why did we have so much fun? So we started to kind of, me and DJ Poole, when I say we, DJ Poole who helped me write it, who was also one of my producers, you know, why are we having so much fun living here? Um, so we started to see that, yo, we was making comedy out of a bad situation. We were we just want to turn things around and, and laugh at things that you would normally cry about because sometimes we do that to keep from crying, we laugh. Yeah. So it was that whole spin with that movie. That's the magic in that movie. And, um, and you know, the parts where me and John Witherspoon and it's kind of like, you know, we used to fight with these and you live to see another day. And all those little things make that movie a
2: classic. But, but are you, does it trip you out? Here we are 25 years later. And you got suburban housewives saying, bye, Felicia. You got little suburban kids going, how you get fired on your day off? I mean, 25 years later. That's, to
0: me, that's what's amazing. You know, to me, it's never about what a movie make, how much money a movie make. It's all about how many times a person can watch it and enjoy it. And how many times can they like get a feeling from this movie? And by hearing those quotes year after year from all different walks of life you know, lets me know that you know, we did our job. We, yeah. you know, F. Gary Gray, um, Chris Tucker, like I said, DJ Pooh, John Witherspoon, uh, you know, Neil Long, uh, man, Virginia uh, King, like Everybody, Tiny Lister, we just did our job. And uh, people love love not only the first one. The first one is the the classic. Right. But people love the second one and the third one. But I guess we'll come up on May 25th year anniversary in a few years.
2: Now, I know we've talked about this in the past. You've talked about doing a a final Friday, uh, like a Friday finale. And there have been some talk about Chris Tucker uh, trying to get him to – actually get in it. I was reading where it said that, you know, Chris Tucker uh, still may be a little upset because of the money he made from the first one. He never really recouped and how big the movie's gotten that he like, you know what? Nah, man, I didn't get paid where I should have gotten paid from the first. One. I ain't doing no more. Do you think he's, he's finally past that where he would actually do a Friday finale? That movie was made
0: for $2.5 million. Wow. Nobody got paid. Everybody got (laughs) scaled that was acting in the movie, including me acting in the movie, okay? We wrote the movie, produced the movie. So of course we got more of the movie. But at the time, Chris is an actor. So, you know, I didn't get rich from the first time I did Boys in the Hood. You know what I mean? I got a little right. over-skilled doing Boys in the Hood. But it was made for $6 million, a little more money. So it was just where we all were at the time. And we was willing to pay him on part two, three. You know, we knew he was a $10 million, $20 million actor at the time. So that money was available. And that's how it worked. You do, Sometimes you do the first one. And, and when it's time to do the second one, that's when you really get paid. And everybody knows how the movie game go. So I don't know if that was it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that could be, you know, a, a reason to hold on to, but I, I just think it's something else.
2: It's not mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the reason why you're so famous because it, it all goes really back to music. Uh, and, I mean, you're one of the dopest MCs ever. Uh, uh, a group that was legendary, still doing music today. Uh, Everything uh, Corrupt came out about a year and a half ago. Uh, what do you think about today's hip hop?
0: I love it. You know, hip hop is, it's like water, you know, sometimes it flows in the path of least resistance and <laughs> you got to flow with it. That's why they call it a flow. Um, You know, look, there's always been good hip hop, there's always been okay hip hop, and there's always been hip hop that sucked in every era. So it's no different today. It was no different in the 90s, 80s, 70s. People made good records, people made bad records, man. That's just the music business. So I'm down with whatever's popping, you know what I mean? But I'm gonna stick with my style. You know, I think the mistake is chasing, you know, what they doing. You know, what I need to do is what I'm doing, because people love me for what I do. Yeah. And if you want to hear my flavor, or you just want to be in that mode, in the Ice Cube mode, you pick up my record, it sound like me. It sounds like one of my records. So I'm proud of that, you know, um, and. You know, I don't chase sounds or charts. I just do what I do. Just chase who, inspiration. Who,
2: who's Whose music do you have on repeat? Like when you're uh, going to work out, uh, you're doing something, you're like, oh, yeah, let me turn this on, man. Is there somebody that you listen to? you like, yeah, I, I like that. That's my cat there.
0: I'm all over the place. You know, sometimes I'm on some old, you know what I mean? You know, like Isley Brothers, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm on something new you know what i mean like i might bump some lil wayne you know um you know i might get real new and, and bump you know lizzo you know what i'm saying so <laughs> it's just it's like i just never know what it is whatever i'm feeling at the time I, i'll go through my my uh my playlist wherever that whatever that button say damn i want to hit that you now i found myself listening to It takes a nation of millions to hold us back, you know what I mean? So I'm all over the place, man, and I love it because I ain't got to carry around all these damn CDs no more. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I used to be the CD man. I would have big old, you know, whole 250 CD cases (laughs) and I'm walking around trying to, you know, make sure I can have the music for my mood, but, you know, now it's kind of cool you can just hit it.
2: Well, you know here's here's a crazy thing uh because my boys were they were very excited that we were we were going to do this and so i i had thrown them uh one of your one of your CDs and and i have i have in my office this box of stuff and my 14 year old said "dad what's this man?" and i picked it up and looked at it i said "it's a cassette." You know what and he looked at me like "what do you do with this?" i said "it's an album, bro." and he was like so what do you do with it? I was like, my gosh. That's when you know we get old, man. <laughs> hey, you know, it is what it is. You know, they
0: they hope to catch up to us one day. Yeah. And you know, what's cool is like, man, keep your cassettes, keep your cassette players because at least it's, it's a hard copy. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they zap this damn phone and you lose your whole damn library. You know what I mean? You never know. You drop it in the toilet and it's over. It's over. You can get it out the cloud, but but I'm just saying, digital world is is false reality. So
2: keep your hard copies, man. Uh, how did you come up with the name and name yourself Ice Cube? How did that come about? And who is solely responsible for coming up with NWA niggas with attitude?
0: Well, my brother gave me the name Ice Cube. You know, when I was younger. I was always trying to be grown. Cause all my, my brothers and sisters are they eight years, nine years, ten years older than me. So I would always try to be grown. And when his when his female friends would call, he would never be there. So I would pick up the phone. So I'm trying to knock him down. You know what I mean? And I like your little brother. Who's your little brother? All this like. So he got tired of that. So refrigerator down the street that was empty. It was been there for a week. And I had tripped out because he's keep keeping it on the curb for the junk man to come get it. But I had heard that you know kids can like lock yourself in there and you know you could die. So he was like, man, I'm gonna take you down there in that refrigerator that you worried about so much, I'm gonna put you in there. And when they pull you out of it. Be ice cube, that's what you're saying. So I'm like, okay, so I'm kind of waiting for that. And then I go outside. When I go outside, I'm like, don't call me O'Shea no more, man. It's cube, ice cube. That's me. That's me. Like, rice, I'm cool like that. So it just snowballed, it just snowballed.
2: <laughs> and and so, how did we get to NWA? Who was the guy? Who was the genius that came up with MWA? It's between it's between Dre and Easy.
0: See, because they were it was Dre, Easy, and Ren. They came and picked me up. I used to be at home just waiting for them to come pick me up. They was they would always have. I lived in South Central. They would always have to come from Compton to get me. So. I'm waiting, they grab me, they scoop me, and they say, we, I, we got the name of the group. I'm like, "What?" So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm waiting for a dynamic name. <laughs> they don't tell me the name. They just say NWA." What the hell is that? What the hell does that mean? NWA?" He said, niggas with attitudes. And I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, that's it. That's it, because we are, <laughs> we mad about it. Right, mad right. Mean, so right it was it so was it was a situation where we just, we knew they gonna hear us, man. They gonna hear us, I don't care. They might wanna ignore what we gotta say, but they're
2: about to hear this shit. Yeah. So check this out. NWA was so socially forward back then revolutionary, especially with some of the stuff y'all were saying and, and talking about, and, and you go, you fast forward to today. There is so much pressure on being politically correct in what you say, uh, and how you do it. You've got the me too movement. Um, could NWA be just as impactful today as they were back then
0: um I don't know you know you, you just never know you know without that happening, you know would we actually be in this position? would we be here you know as far as uh you know the evolution of you know, what's acceptable. You know what I'm saying? In, in yeah. I mean, now, you know, like back in the day, a movie about weed <laughs> was something that was played in, you know, about seven theaters in the city. You had to go find it. Cheech and Chong movie. You know, now they got, you know, white ladies on HBO selling weed out their house. So <laughs> what's what's acceptable? now is is just way different so you know i don't know if nwa can, would make that same impact but what i do know is truth hurts some people you know um truth do hurt uh so long as you bring in the real um it's going to hit somebody um and when i say truth hurts it's not just trying to hurt people but it's just trying to the reality of the truth that's being told sometimes is painful so i think you know if that's the mission then we could we could definitely get a rise out of people
2: yeah how how did NWA and you uh how did you guys escape that east coast west coast beef how come you guys never as big as you guys were, how come you guys didn't get dragged into that and didn't have the beef with the the East Coast?
0: Well, I think in a way we did because I think it was the start of our movement that was the the undertone of what happened with Biggie and Tupac and all that. Um, You know, at one point, you know we were kind of like you
2: know
0: oh what they're doing out there is cool on the west you know they got iced tea and you know now they got nwa and EZE. that's cool but okay now we are you got too short we got dj quick you know we start like here okay it, the focus was being taken from the Mecca, of New York, and it was being placed in other places, right? So he never had to share the spotlight. So a, a rapper by the name of Tim Dog, which we squashed this, So please don't start YouTubing all this shit, <laughs> Tim Dog and all. Oh man, Tim Dog, what you got to say? No one's going. On but he did a song. Called Fuck Compton, right? And we was like, "Whoa, like <laughs> whoa, what's up with this?" You know what I'm saying? So that was a spark, you know. Even though, you know, Easy Man with Tim Dog and he worked it out and was like, "Man, it's just a song," you know. It's like, yo, we want to rep our spot, y'all getting, you know, y'all whatever, whatever was his reasons. They. You know, it was like, all right, let's let's leave Tim dog alone. Mm-hmm. But it kind of started to germinate and and, and kind of pop out here and there. And by the time it got to the to the east coast, west coast beef, so to speak, it was it was it was kind of in the air. Mm. It was it was it was like ready to pop. Yeah. Like one little thing. If it wasn't that, it would have been something else. Yeah. At another seminar, or at, or at another event, it was just it was too much, you know. So it was bound to happen in some way or another, and you know, it it just was unfortunate, a a big distraction away from good music. Yep. You know, um, I mean, a few. You know, I guess um, hits was made during that time. People, you know, going at each other. But for the most part, hip-hop suffered. Um, But what came out of that was the emergence of the South. And, you know, people just looking elsewhere for hip-hop that wasn't Full of you know beef and static, yeah. You know? yeah. So, so you know it. Uh, it opened it up because it ain't where you from, man. It's where you at, straight up, and that's how it should be. You know, we one hood. We ain't. Who cares, really? Where you grew up at, man? You don't own it. You don't own that street. You don't own that block. You know what I'm saying? It's, it ain't where you from, man. It's where you at. It's where you at here. That's where-
2: in, in the movie. Uh, uh, right uh, as uh, Eazy-E had uh, contracted HIV and 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 was sick, but be- before that, he reaches out to you. He reaches out to Dre to try to make amends, and it almost seemed as if you guys were amenable to that. Do you think if he had not uh contracted HIV and passed on that you guys would have gotten back together and did one last album? Cause it seemed like from the movie that's where it was headed.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, at that time I had, you know, buried the hatchet. I wasn't really you know, I had battled with all kind of different forces through the nineties. You know what I mean? From, you know, political forces to street forces to you know so at that point you know what I'm saying I'm ready to to figure this out because we started in the same place so I think we would you know it was just coming back full circle Um, and you know Easy was the kind of dude he'd will it in you know he's gonna make it happen yeah, you know, he was gonna make it happen, and you know that's just how determined he was to to you know to make sure his ideas came to fruition. He was just you know one of the smartest, most determined people I ever knew.
2: Uh, I'm always been curious when you look at those days. Suge Knight had some issues with Easy. Went went over there. Basically, tried to threaten Easy at one time. Uh, Even when him and Dre broke up, you know, he tried to kind of get big on Dre. How come he never stepped to you? How come you never had any Suge Knight stories? I mean, because we always had. I mean, an understanding.
0: You know, I mean, we always had an understanding. Um, You know, I've worked with Suge on, you know, some of the Death Row probably did Natural Born Killers and. You know, one time he had to want to do a video to that or, you know, shoot it for a live event. And, uh, you know, I flew in. And, you know, it's just always been, you know, we've always been able to communicate, put it that okay. way. Okay.
2: There's
0: never been no issues with us communicating. Um, and, you know, so I mean, he know I'm doing my thing over here. He's doing his thing over there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's always been you know, straight communication, no issues on that part.
2: Um, Drake seems to be right now the biggest hip-hop person. not saying he's the best MC. I'm just saying when you talk about who's the biggest, someone said who's the biggest hip-hop star right now, it seems to be Drake only because he can sing, he can rap. Uh, Would he be just as big in NWA in y'all's heyday?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, any guy... Who can produce and perform you know to me got a great shot in any era um you know if you can produce your own music and I actually perform it and you know create hits and you know, I believe that would work in any era you know it has you know just think of all the the ones that can do it you know they've you know to me had you know no issues with making, making yeah. hits, you know, Any era.
2: Serious question here, because whether it was music, uh, your solo career, whether it was NWA when people said you guys couldn't uh, be successful because of the stuff you were saying, whether it was you starting Big Three and people looked at it and maybe said, man, are you crazy doing that? Uh, whether it was the movies, uh, you've always, it seems like, had the odds stacked against, against you and yet succeeded in a huge way. Now we've gone through this pandemic, there are a lot of people struggling. There are a lot of people trying to make a way out of no way. Can you give, give us the blueprint? Give us some advice on for someone to say, if they said Ice Cube, how can I make it? Although it seems like the odds are stacked against me. Um, I
0: think now's the time to lean on family. Um now's the time to you know make any amends to to you know your you know relatives, loved ones. Um and we gotta work together. Everybody in the family gotta work together, you know, like it used to be. Everybody's an individual now, everybody has It's more interest in their pocket and on their phone than they do in their household. And so we gotta reverse that, you know, and we gotta communicate. It's enough resources, you know, in most families to go around, you know. uh, People gotta hunker down, change the way they do things, you know, um, and if it's not enough resources, it's enough brain power to create those opportunities and you know it's a it's a thinking man's sport right now it's not wait for the government to figure it out for you is you know grabbing people you know who can you trade with who can you barter with who can you build with who can you plan with you know what i mean who can you create you know it's opportunity to create a business from home right now you know who's Who's got that uh, motivation in your family? There are all kinds of different talents, You know, stop relying just on yourself. You got to rely on the people in your family, your loved ones who, you know, everybody know how to do a little something. So it's really, you know, that's the time. That, that's what time it is.
2: Um, reconnect. Best piece of advice you've been given. Ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best piece of advice. When you think about it, you said, man, the probably best piece of advice someone gave me was what? Um, treat your
0: kids good. Because, you know, they're going to grow up one day, and you're going to have to depend on them. And so... You should treat your kids good. You should respect your kids. Respect your kids' feelings and opinions. Not saying you should, gotta be Mr. Friendly. Not saying you don't have to be the adult. Not saying you shouldn't be, you know, the so-called authority in your house. You know, not saying you give away all your parent privileges, but a little more respect. You know, uh, you know they're not there for your entertainment, so. <laughs> You know, uh, doing stuff to him for your entertainment ain't cool. You know, um, so, you know, to me, it's just that's the best piece of advice uh,
2: I've been given. Love that. Love that. Now, listen, we do a segment here where uh, people send in questions through social media. Man, I'm telling you what, we got so many of them. I was like, look, I, I, we can only give him Let's Give, give him three. Uh, that's it, because there's so many. Uh, Michael, uh, from Instagram says, is there any artist or actor you want to work with or that you haven't worked with? Um,
0: I mean, I mean, there's a lot I haven't worked with, but I, I mean, I would love to work with, um, you know, somebody like Al Pacino, um, you know, great actor. You know, I would love to do something with, you know, Denzel or Eddie Murphy. Um, so, you know, those are the ones, you know, that that I think about, like, you know, damn, I want to make sure I can, you know, hopefully get a picture in with one of these, you know,
2: one of these dudes. That's hot. Um, Tom from Facebook says, did you really knock Debo out? Yeah, I'm not D boy.
0: off. I had a brick. I had a little help from a brick. Remember, <laughs> brick, a brick and a stick. I had a brick and a stick. You know what I mean? I, you know, I got a, I got a nice right hand. You know what I'm saying? So, don't sleep. You know, uh, I went by that nose one time. He was like, "Whoa, whoa, keep going. yeah." You know. <laughs> Oh, hold on, Um, man. Hold on,
2: hold on. I was like, okay. Okay, (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, Vince from Facebook, he asks, uh, do you think fans remember you now more for your music or your movies?
0: Depends on if you're from, you know, this century or last century. You know, depends (laughs) on, you know, which century you grew up in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you're right. You're right. Last <laughs> century, you might know. You from this century, you might not know about my music.
1: Right, right. Are you feeling run down? Do you need a natural way to boost your immune system? The All Natural B1 Patch from USA Natural may be just what you're looking for. Professional athletes use it, and you can too. Just peel and stick. And within 30 minutes, feel the natural boost of energy, stamina, and endurance. Visit buyb1.com and enter the code BC3 for a discount on every order. Wear what the pros wear. The all-natural B1 patch. (laughs) Okay, Cube.
2: Last segment here on this podcast. We call it The Last Stand. Name of this podcast. I'm going to give you a series of questions. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right. How often are you mistakenly called Ice-T than Ice-Q? I'm called Ice-T maybe twice
0: a month. <laughs> <laughs> maybe twice a month, somebody be
2: like, hey, T! <laughs> <laughs> I love it, that's hilarious. All right, here we go. This is, I want you to think about this one. Which O'Shea Jackson is the better actor, junior or senior? I think junior is a better actor.
1: Oh, really? I think
2: junior is a better actor. Yeah,
0: because I mean he's always been a he's always been a clown. You know what I mean? He's always <laughs> been acting around here. You know me? I just start acting, you know, when I met John Singleton. But you know he's
2: just to me he. You know, he, he can go there. He, hey, I, I I had to tweet him because he played the hell out of that role in Just Mercy, uh, Den of Thieves. I love Den of Thieves. Uh, so, I, hey, I give him props, man. I had to tweet him on that. Um, All right, give me give me one current or he it could be a current or a past rapper who was on the Ice Cube collab bucket list and it just never happened.
0: Oh, man. um. A current or that it just never happened, or yes. that. yeah, it's like being a rapper who who's passed away. I mean, of course, I would love to get on the track with Biggie. I mean, I've been on the track with Pop. I don't think I've been on the track with Biggie, mm. unless it's some crazy collaborated remix. But you know, in the studio, getting busy. Um, you know, I would have to say, you know, I think. Yeah, I think Black Thought is just an incredible rapper. You know yes, he is. Just man. pure. Um, so, you know that that's a that that's something that I would think that'd be a dope collaboration, me and Black Thought.
2: Okay, uh, who are on the Ice Cube's Mount Rushmore of rappers?
0: Oh wow, man! I mean, Chuck D for sure. You Narcan. Know, um wow um damn man mount rushmore only got four people got four people lord have mercy man come on now <laughs> it's
2: the last stand
0: you gotta take a stand mount, my my mount rushmore got at least 10 heads on it um, <laughs> but you know I, I put you know um a man you know I'll put Melly Mel up there, and damn, and then it's like I got Ice T and Karras one, like this and that. Nice, because these are game change, game changer rappers. Hmm. They changed the game with, with what they did. So that's that's not my Mount Rushmore. All put right, an extra head on. I
2: love it. Uh, because you look, you've been great with your time, man. Uh, I'm gonna wrap it up with this. Since you wanted one of the, in my opinion, the dopest MCs that ever spit, all right, you got to give us a quick freestyle and mention Last Stand Podcast. Brian, <laughs> I'm
0: not about to freestyle, man. Save that for the kids.
2: Come on, man. Say <laughs> that for the kids, man. This is ice cute. I understand
0: cute. that. I understand that, man. I understand that. <laughs> Say that one for the youngsters. You know, it's like the dunk contest, man. It's like after a certain time, you don't get into that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I gotta save mine for the fourth quarter, baby. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know what I mean? Call me, call me when you when you in the playoffs. Okay. You know what I'm saying I'll come off the couch and win the championship.
2: Bitch. <laughs> he is the one and only ice cube uh he does it all man i appreciate you my brother uh i certainly appreciate you man taking the time and hanging with us yeah yeah man i appreciate you take it easy. absolutely that's that's ice cube and as we talk about we give you only the biggest and the baddest here on the last stand podcast we'll see you next week